Welcome. You're about to hear an inspirational message by David Entry. May your faith increase and your heart be stirred towards God as you listen to this life-transforming message. Press subscribe so you're the first to know when the messages are released. Blessed are your ears for the things they hear. You don't have to have good history from the beginning, but you have to have good heart for God. And that's the beginning of your colorful journey. So you don't have to have good history. Just have, have a good heart for God. And your heart for God will make, will color, will beautify your future. Amen. Say amen. amen. So you don't have, you don't have any right under this atmosphere. You don't have any right to feel sorry about yourself because you don't, are not like this one. No, you don't have the right to feel sorry about yourself. You should feel sorry about yourself if you don't have a heart for God. I feel sorry for you if you don't have a heart for God. If you don't love Jesus, I feel sorry for you. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22, he said, anyone who doesn't love Jesus Christ, I don't want to say what the rest, you have to see it for yourself. doesn't say anyone who doesn't have good history. He said, who doesn't love Jesus Christ? Anyone who does not love the Lord Jesus Christ. So I feel sorry for you if you don't have a love, you don't have the love for Jesus. But I don't care what has happened in your past. During this lockdown, before the lockdown, even yesterday, or last week, or this year, do I care? As long as you love God, you really love Jesus, come on, pick up yourself. Let's go together. The future is beautiful. Clap for Jesus. Because you don't have to be perfect. And we all make mistakes in our past, isn't it? Because you didn't know much. Some of you, since you started coming to church, the things that you've got to know, sometimes you are wondering, how, how, was, how stupid was I? I was so stupid. But it's okay. It's in your past. That's why I said it's, it's past. It's in the past. The future is colorful. Having said that, I think this will make me go on to even talk about the things I wanted to talk about today. In Luke chapter 7, something interesting happened there. I, actually, I'm going to verse 50, but let's backtrack to start from maybe 44 or 42, somewhere there. There's something in there for us all. I think uh, it's better. Be, uh, there's a bit of reading we got to do then. Because it looks like we have to go to 38. 38. Ah, sorry, it's rather before. 36. Uh-huh. No, no, no. All right, okay, let's start from 36 to get the picture well. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to, let me read from my Bible. Because sometimes, what's the point of holding the Bible you will not read from? Yeah, I miss those things. I like that when you go to church and then the Bible, oh, let's, say, let's all turn to Luke chapter 7, then you, you, you hear this. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. <clears throat> Verse 36, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would come and he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to, eat, to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was, what? Take notice of that. Ah, this is a strong statement. Behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. 
<laughs> Do you know what this means? This does not mean she wasn't born again. This means that she was a well-known criminal. She was a practicer. You, everybody knew that. You know there are times you know it, it, this guy in the neighborhood, everybody ah. If you see them hanging around your brother or your sister, yes, you, are, no, no, no. you understand that? Yeah. She was well known. So the sinner there, is, she's been doing some things in the city, and you'll find out very soon. So she was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat, at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. She got to know Jesus was there. Okay, I'm going to go there. And stood at his feet behind him, weeping. Ah, take notice of that. A weeping sinner. And began to wash his feet with her tears. Ah, the tears were so much that it could wash somebody's feet. Hmm? All right, what's going on here? And did wipe them with, oh no, the hair of her head. This why it wasn't weak. Some of you, you won't let your wig even fall. Because it's taking you a lot to get it washed, like some of you I can see now. But she came and used her own hair. First of all, she produced enough tears. And they were not fake tears. Because how do you know they were not fake tears? Read your Bible. Open your eyes. It said she stood behind him weeping. No, there's a weeping. There's a difference between weeping and pretending you are crying. She was actually weeping. Bible said the woman was weeping. <laughs> Jesus had not said anything. Some of you come to church and you can tell you are weeping. Maybe you are not shedding tears by your heart. You are, I should have been in church early. I really love, I, I want to be out of this thing. God has been so good to me. Your heart is so soft towards God. You know, you have to be careful when you invite people to church and they say, I don't want to come. Sometimes it's, they are running away from something. Some people don't just want to step in church because they know when they step in church, their heart is very soft. So they are trying to stay away from this church thing because they are not ready. Because every time they see people or they hear people singing church songs, Something is happening. They are running away from God, but they know. They have a heart. They are soft towards God. Your brother, he looks very tough. He has a soft spot for God. Your sister, I won't go, I won't go. And she's wearing all kinds of things. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't care about all these fake preachers. But you know what? They have a soft heart. When the day they come to church, some people, some of you have preached people, they were just crying. You are even surprised the way this person is crying. It's because they have a soft heart. That's what happened here. This sinner woman, she came and stood behind Jesus, weeping, and she washed. Oh, this is serious, man. You give a little offering, you are making noise about it. Please. And um, she stood behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears, and did wipe, wipe them with the hair of her head. And oh, again, did more. Kissed his feet. And then anointed them with the ointment. She did so many things in a short time. She brought this ointment. She came and was weeping. Washed his feet with his, her tears. It's in your Bible. Don't think you've done too much for God. 
because you are in a choir, you are in the ashes, and you've been going for rehearsal, you've been coming for prayer meetings. Listen, others are doing more. This is interesting. You will see why it's interesting. Now, when the, when the Pharisee, which had bid, bidden him, saw it, he invited Jesus. He spake within himself. He was saying this in his mind. Because some of you, when you are in church, all kinds of things are going on in your mind. Mm, why is the pastor calling the people? They should stand. Why, why, is he, why, is, why is he asking them all this kind of question? No, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's embarrassing. I don't like that. That's why you have, you have hidden your own. And they are eating you in pieces. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like That's why no one is mentoring you. You, we don't know anything about you. And you are sitting there thinking, why is he asking them questions? Because we know them. Who knows you? Secret ninja. Who knows you? <laughs> no accountability. When you are not in church, no one even will even know you are not in church. And, uh, no one, no one, I don't owe anybody. Yes, you don't owe anybody. But your problem ends up becoming a problem. Your problem becomes a problem. I can't take this anymore, Pastor. I can't please, Pastor. I need to talk to you. And sometimes they want to make sure everything I'm doing stays on hold because they want to talk to me because they are ready. Look at you. Yeah. yeah. When there's crisis, you want to make sure the pastor, I need to talk to the pastor. Whatever he's doing, he has to wait. He, he, he has to stop and talk to me. Because I need, I need, I need, I've been coming to church for that now, and something's bothering me. And, and the way my girlfriend is treating me, the way my boyfriend is treating me, and if I, 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 oh, look at you. Mentorship. Before he gets to that stage, we will be aware because you have been mentored. So you don't come and take 30 minutes of my time telling your history, your life history. Where have you been all this while? All right, let's get back to the text. <laughs> so when the Pharisee who had bidden, uh, had bidden him saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, "This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him." But most of them can't take that touch. Look, all her, her fingers and her hands. Hey, she was known in town. That was, she was a, a core girl. So the people go there for release. And she was one of the sophisticated ones. So she was kind of the high-end one. But they knew her. They knew her when she was coming. And then this woman comes to weep. That wasn't his problem. Broke the bottle or poured the ointment. That was his problem. What was his problem was, ah, she's touching him. Ooh. This Jesus might be turned on by this girl. And he was saying that if he were a prophet, he didn't say it, he was saying to himself, if he were were a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman was touching him. Because others can come, but this one shouldn't be touching him. Because this one was serious. Because she had a reputation in the community. Some of you might have had some reputation, but thank God for Jesus. 
for she was a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And he said, Master, oh, say it. He didn't know Jesus knew his heart. He said, you think, I, you want to know if I'm a prophet? Let me, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. You are complaining about somebody's relationship with me, but you, you have a, second, a negative attitude towards me. And you are thinking, if I'm a prophet, I should address this. Is you our address. Wow. You are our address. For you to know I'm a prophet, let me address you. Because the people you think I should have problem with, it's not them. They are not the ones. It's you. The way you are thinking about me, it's you I have a problem with. Is it not interesting? And Jesus answering him said unto him, Simon, I have someone. He said, verse 41, there was a certain oh, creditor who, who had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. That frankly means it's public. Everybody knew that this one's forgiven this one. Frankly forgave them both. Um, when, yeah, he, okay, he, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Which of them will what? Love him most. Which of them will? Love him which of them will? Love him if you have a Bible, understand, I underline that phrase, love him most. Which of them will love him most? Psalm 43, Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. You're right in your judgment. In this matter, this analogy I've given you, you're right in your judgment. See, you don't know how God approaches things. So he told him, um, you have rightly judged. Then verse 44 says that, and he, Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, that's interesting. All, the woman stood behind him and doing all that. He didn't give her attention. He allowed her to flow. Now this other guy said, oh, I doubt your anointing. Because if you're a prophet, you should have known. He said to Simon, after saying, asking Simon this question, and Simon judging rightly, he turns to the woman and said to Simon. He turns to the woman and said to Simon. What did he say, Simon? See it, this, do you see, give me um, NIV, let's go to NIV, I think it will be okay. Do you see this woman? I came into your house, you did not give me any water for my feet. Wow. Just for my feet, water, that's normal custom. Somebody, because they used not to have cars, Jesus was not riding a horse. And they used to walk a lot, they used to wear sandals. And they didn't have pavements. So it was normal, very dusty. So Jesus Christ Every time someone comes to your house, you are supposed to give them water to wash their feet. Jesus said, I came into your house. You did not give me, watch this, watch this. You did not give me any water for my feet. Watch this. Listen to what he was saying. When I come to your house, this, you are the visitor. Okay, let's say you, are, you come to my, you are the visitor. I give you, I don't come and wash your feet. Too. I give you water to wash your feet. So I'll make provision of water for you to wash your feet. Like the way some people don't have dryer for people to dry their hands. 
They don't come and dry your hands, but they give you the dryer. They make, it, they make provision for you. He said, you didn't provide water for me. I will use it myself to wash my feet. That's the custom. You didn't pro- That's why when Jesus was washing their feet, it's servants who wash the feet of people. So sometimes big houses and rich people, they have servants who wash their feet. When you come from town, you sit down, and your servant will come and wash your feet. And then Jesus, when they came in, he took the towel, he took off his garment, that's Mark, Mark, uh, John chapter 13. And then he began to wash their feet. Peter said, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. Because I should be washing your feet. He said, no, 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 you don't know what I'm doing. And then he washed their feet and he told them, if me, your servant, have served you like that, go and do like, likewise. So in the church, we come to wash other people's feet. We serve them like we are servants. So that was the custom of the day. And so Peter, uh, Jesus comes to Simon's house. Maybe he didn't have servants, but at least get some water for goodness sake. And let me wash my own feet. You didn't give me water. You are not concerned about that? Say, so you didn't give me water to wash. You, give me, you did not give me, me any water. Not even a cup. Any water. To, for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And you are picking on her. Because you know too much about her. Oh. So you are judging her with what you know about her. But look at what she's doing. She's in church. She's listening to the message. She's genuine about the message. Her heart is open. You don't care about that? You hypocrite Christian. You saw her with the boy last night. And so what? Are you not happy that even after that she's come to church? You, sometimes the problem, that is why you have to be careful what you get to know about church leaders. Because we human beings, we get distracted with things we know about people. And you become familiar with them, oh, I know about this, I know about that, I know about that, I know about that. And you judge people with what you know about them and you forget about what you know about yourself. You, today, you are busy about what you know about others. Excuse me. Excuse me. Forgotten about who you were and who you still are? Excuse me. You should be the last person to complain about people in church. You. Excuse me. You. You look like an angel, but you know that you have a head of a demon. <laughs> Inside you, your thoughts are very demonic. Arrogance and attitude. You can't stand a lot of people. It's, in what way does that look like God? Wow. And you are busy judging others in church? Excuse me. Look at how much for months you've been doing pornography. Hey. Hey. Wow. You? Nobody knows about it. And God hasn't said anything. Wow. And he's actually allowing the pastor to prophesy and add you and prophesy about you. And you have the unmitigated audacity to complain about people. Maybe you haven't spoken about it, but it's in your heart. It's in your heart. Whilst God is, Jesus is concerned about how this person is changing, look at the love this person is demonstrating towards me. You don't care. You know too much about them. And so you hold them. 
to ransom with what you know about them. You hijack people's future with what you know about their past. Don't do that. Yeah, the information you have is true. But the future you are projecting is ungodly. Am I not preaching? Ah! No wonder he was who he was. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know what I mean. 36 says it all. Verse 36. Ah! Who was he? But what is it about Pharisees? Oh, we haven't read Matthew chapter 23, verse 15, verse 16, verse 23. Ah, okay, just put verse, 16, verse 15. Matthew 23, 15. Let's look at this. Ah, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. What? Pharisees. What's the next thing Jesus said? Pharisees. Pharisees. And this is Jesus' direct, direct words from Jesus. For you travel land and sea to win one uh, a proselyte, one proselyte. And when he's won, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's very strong. Yeah. Matthew 23, Jesus used the strongest words ever for the Pharisees. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's verse 15. What does look at verse 16? He hasn't finished. Say, so, whoa! To you, blind guys. No, that, that, just, just, just phrases as you Blind guide. Who is a guide? And he said blind guide. I mean, that seems like you can't be a guide and blind. So that alone is so strong. He said, what to you, blind guide? What have we done? Who say, whosoever swears by the temple, uh, it is nothing. But whosoever swears by the money, money in the temple, ah, you are more interested in the offering than you are interested in the worship. Pharisee, you come to sit in church and you are asking, uh, so why are they asking for money? Why are they asking? We should ask for sand. 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 <laughs> oh, I like, I like the atmosphere. The pastor preaches so good and the music was so nice. But it's the offering, offering bit, you see? Woe to you, blind guide. Blind guide. So, no, 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 no. The, the, the temple is nothing. But it's the money that's important. The money, the money. You shouldn't give money to church. The tithe thing they talk about, the tithe, the tithe, the tithe, the tithe, the tithe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the tithe. <laughs> Whoa, to you, Jesus said, hypocrites. Yeah. Hmm. Hypocrites. And at time will not permit me, because that's not my topic. When you look at the verse 23, Verse 22, 23, 25. He kept saying, whoa, 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 whoa. There's nowhere in the Bible where you see a combination, a, a gathering, a gathering of woes, one verse. So many, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know what woe means? Woe is that doom. You are doomed. You are heading for shame and destruction. You will suffer. That means woe. In other words, if you don't change where you are going, you, you will never be happy. Things will never be well. Jesus said, whoa. It's a serious warning. The strongest possible term to warn person is to say, whoa. So when they say, whoa, is you. That means that you are doomed. Whoa, 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 whoa. And Jesus used that on the Pharisees. That's one of them. Someone has come to wash Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair 
He didn't see that one. He was busy talking about who she used to be. She was absolute. She was, she was living, he was living in, in the past. This man is a changed man. That's why I actually like people, you know. I like people, especially people with a past. Because it's, it's so beautiful when you see what God can do with a messed up life. Right. And it changes you. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be perfect. No. You just have to have a heart. Mm-hmm. And that's all God asks for you. He said, give me your heart. Your heart. Mm-hmm. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Pastor, I'm still struggling with some of the things. I, no, start with your heart for Jesus. When you have a heart for God, you struggle to do the things you used to do. And he turned to Simon, he turned to the woman and said to Simon, see, I came to your house and all that. Verse 45, put NIV, 45, NIV. You did not give me a kiss, (laughs) but this woman, from the time I entered, she followed immediately, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing, nor my cheeks. She has reduced herself so low. I'm not worth standing before you. I just, I'm nothing. I'm worth being at your feet level. That's the lowest. Ah, have you forgotten how low you've gone for others? So what stops you from going lower for God? It's a message. Am I not communicating something? That has been my philosophy. So whatever I've done out, I would, God deserves more. You deserve it and more. He deserves it and more. So those of you who come to church and we are clapping, you can't clap. We are dancing, you won't dance. Are you really born again? You really don't. You are not soft towards God. You're not soft call. She went so low, and Bible said she didn't stop kissing. Not like she kissed and went. She didn't go. And you know, kissing is an expression of endearment, yeah. affection. And you like somebody so much, you are kissing, kissing his feet. That's someone who knows the value of loving God. You exercise it towards the one he's using. You claim you love God. Prove it. Prove it. If you love God, prove it. Prove it. How do you validate those claims? Where is God? Where is he? Is he in the chandelier? Where is he? It's just your emotional guilt or emotional trip. Fun trip you are doing for yourself. But you don't love God. Because your attitude towards people who are laboring for God tells me, that you really don't love God. There are some people, as a pastor, when you complain to me, I will listen. But your complaining about other people in church tells me a lot. And I won't sacrifice some people for you. Because, no, no, listen to me. Because this person, let's say, get up, please. Let's say he's the one who comes and makes sure everything is set up so I don't have to come. He's working. He's cleaning the place. Sometimes I can see sleepless nights. 
He's doing it. But he's a human being. So sometimes the way he addresses you is not nice. And you really don't like that. And now you, are, you hate him. And you are coming to come every time complain about him like this. And I'm watching you. Can't you see what this guy's love is doing for this work we are all benefiting from? Can't you see why you are picking on him? I, I hear you. You have a point. I will try and talk to him. But can't, you can't hate him the way you are doing. You, you can't do that. Because this is like an angel in my life and ministry. The way you treat people who are dedicated to God tells me a lot about whether you love God or not. You do it once and stop. No, she never stopped kissing. And all the guy saw was a sinner. But do you know what Jesus saw? A lover. Jesus saw this a lover. Yes. So it makes you, when you see somebody who also is pushing to do God's work, because the way you love Jesus, you can accommodate their weaknesses. You are not endorsing it, but that's okay. It's not a big deal because what they are doing for Jesus, whom you love, doesn't matter. When you love God, you love the one he's using. It's unbelievers whose lives have not been changed, who complain about the way you love the man of God. Yeah. But those of us who know our lives are changed, that's where the story is going. I, didn't actually, I was going to teach you on faith, you know. But let's finish the text. Put it back on the screen, please. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. Ah, let's go to the next verse. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. You should have given oil on my head, but she has poured perfume, not oil, perfume on my feet. Perfume is more expensive than oil. She could waste much on Jesus. He said, what is it that I won't give to Jesus? I will. Ha, look at the next verse. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins, say many sins. Many sins. Is he? Her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. <gasps> so what she was doing was a manifestation and demonstration of love. That's why Jesus asked, who will love most? The one who has been forgiven more or less. So what was happening? It's a love thing. You are misinterpreting the actions because what is happening is a love thing. Jesus knew that this is a love thing going on, and this guy doesn't love me much, but doesn't see the big deal. He's not just Jesus. He's not the Pastor David. What is it? Why must I kill myself? What is it? What is it? If I have to give him a gift, something, something. If I have to, if I get to give to church, just something. What is it? Church, church. But this woman. She loves so much, she was pouring everything. Her hair, her tears, her perfume, her kisses, everything, bring it on board. But she didn't reserve anything. Because her many sins. Some of you, I know you have not been forgiven many sins. Because you don't have them. But some of us, some of us, 
Some of us, even though we have been in church long, from our childhood, some of us, I mean, I've always been in church. I, was, I, I, I never smoked. I never tasted alcohol. I married at the age of 29. I was a virgin. I never did anything bad. I was just, my friends used to call me when I was a child, even pastor, pastor. But I love much because I know I have been forgiven much. That was her love. Don't let anyone intimidate the expression of your love for God. Leave the Simon alone. It's Simon. We said about Simon the sorcerer. This one, Simon the Pharisee. Don't mind them. Don't. What they might have something to say. Let them keep saying, but keep loving. Keep loving. Not everybody will understand your expression. They won't understand it. But keep loving. Let's finish the text. Ah. Oh. Therefore, I tell you, her sins are many have been forgiven, as a great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, economical about your expression for God, because you don't value how much he has done for you. Ah. Oh, there's more. Let's go to the next verse. Then Jesus, uh, Jesus said to her, your sins. That was what the guy was using against her. <laughs> because they said she's a sinner. Jesus said, your sins. She didn't confess them. She acted love. Jesus. Watch this. What your enemies are using against you. God said, I will cancel it. They won't, very soon. Very soon. Very soon. They won't have anything to say. Nothing. They, they, because they, they know you are a sinner. Your sins are forgiven now. What are they going to use against you? But guess what? It's not just that your sin. I have so much for you because you have poured so much into me. Your sins, which are many, your sins are forgiven. Look at the next verse. Ah. And those who sat at the table, now the other Pharisees, eh, with him, began to say in themselves, Who is this man? Who is this? Whoever even forgives sins? Because see, they know your sins. No one can do anything about it but God. That's why they want to use it against you. But Jesus said, I can do something about it. And now they are complaining about Jesus. But who is this one? Now they are, who is this? Who is this? Look at the next verse. Then he said to the woman, that's, that's where my preaching was going. Ah, so I see there was a combination of love and faith. You can't really operate by faith if you don't have love, you know. So Jesus was talking about her love. Then he told, he told the man, Simon, about this woman's demonstration of love. Then he told the woman, your demonstration of faith. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, he said, faith works through love. Ah. But faith working, let's read that bit together, let's go. So you want to walk by faith? Show me your love for God. It's your love for God. When you come back, uh, 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 watch this. I'm about to end. This is the message. Uh, nah. uh, but someone is receiving something, right? Yeah. Watch this. Watch this. I told you, faith works with love. Jesus said to her, your faith, put it up. Your faith has, ah. 
Faith can save. Hey, it has saved you from all the arguments that, that could have been used against you. Whatever hell could have used against you, hell has been denied grounds. Amen. Why? Because you chose to be a man, a woman of faith. To start taking steps of faith in obeying God. When you combine your faith with your love, do you know what you get? It's there. I know you didn't see it. He said, go in peace. <laughs> faith and love makes you go in peace. Whatever was working against you can't have validity against you anymore. Because you have brought faith and love to the table. Thank you, Lord. This afternoon, I just want to encourage somebody. It's okay to have an extravagant love for God. And it's okay to do things because of faith. Because I trust God. Act in faith. Your future is always secured when you are a woman of faith, when you are a man of faith. It will secure and guarantee your future. By faith. By faith. But we saw her demonstrating love. Do you love God? How can you say I trust a God I don't love? You trust a God, you love this God, and guess what? Your life is drenched in peace. So you can sleep in the storm. All around you is peace. Don't be tired loving God, okay? Please sit down. I have the privilege of standing before you great people, you beautiful people, wonderful people. I have the privilege standing before you just because I chose to love God all out. I've gone all out for God. I just love him. I love him. I love him. I really do. And it's very uncontrollable. I find I'm so, I have, my heart is so soft for God. It doesn't matter the situation. I always, God will always win in my life. I really love him. And that's what has made him allow me to be before great people like you. I know there are great people here. I know. And it has made me somebody who speaks into greatness before greatness manifests. What did I do to deserve this? I just, I didn't even ask for it. I just wanted to love him. I do. I just want, I didn't want anything in return. I just wanted to love him. But he told me, your sins are forgiven. He told me, go in peace. He spoke for me. He defended me when others rose up against me. He didn't allow me to speak. He spoke on my behalf. The one who invited him, he had to address him. I'm in your house. You are taking care of me. I'm your guest. You are my host. But listen, I don't care what you think. I will defend her. Because... He said, he, to him who much is given. He who much is forgiven loves much. Some of us don't know how much God can forgive you. That's why you don't really, it's not a big deal. Coming to church is not a big deal. Serving in church is not a big deal for you. Going extra mile for God is not a big deal. Giving your tithe is not a big deal. Can't be bothered. When I do, I can, I'll do it. When I can, I can't be bothered. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't have to rush in condemning you or judging you because you don't know. 
you don't know what it means to be forgiven much. Your love will demonstrate it if you know you have been forgiven much. You know, I don't care who your ex or exes are. It doesn't matter anymore. Christ will defend you. Amen. Just get busy loving him and taking steps of faith. God bless you for listening to this message. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.caris.org for videos and upcoming events. Remember, be a doer of the word and not just a hearer.